Welcome to Lesson 2, Learning How to Pray. How many of us have ever been successful in completing a mathematic equation? Through the use of an algebraic formula, That question makes sense. You were able to find the answer only because you knew the formula. Now many of us won't believe this. Many of us won't believe this. But prayer comes with a formula. And I will suggest to us, it matters not how good our prayer sounds. If you don't use the proper formula, that's all it is, sounding good. Some say, meet me, Jesus, meet me. Meet me on the clouds. Some say, meet me, Jesus, meet me. Meet me in the golden sands. You ever heard somebody pray like that? You ever hear somebody pray and they tune up in their prayer? Oh, Lord, when I get here to the end of my journey, all of that sounds good. Sounds good. But don't we want to be sure that our prayers are heard? Learning how to pray. It is the most powerful tool we as individual believers have. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, you'd be surprised that many of us don't know how to properly pray. Let's embark upon this lesson. In St. John chapter 16, St. John chapter 16. Look at verse 1, 16th chapter, St. John. And Pastor Stevenson, Reverend Stevenson, is going to read this with compassion. I want us to put ourselves there with Jesus. The 16th chapter of St. John begins with the master himself speaking. I want you to listen to Reverend Stevenson high and lows as Jesus speaks. Follow along in your Bible. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. Continue, Pastor. Yes, sir. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goeth thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I want you to pen, if that's your Bible, pen verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Put a little star, a little circle, because Jesus wants to really put an exclamation on his point here. Reverend Stevenson. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send them unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world 
is judged. Hold on a second. Verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Listen to those same verses in the contemporary English version. But I tell you that I'm going to do what is best for you. That is why I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. Verse 8, contemporary English version. The Spirit will come and show you the people of this world, the truth about sin and God's justice and the judgment. The Spirit will show them that they are wrong about sin because they did not have faith in me. They are wrong about God's justice because I am going to the Father and you won't see me again. The 11th verse. And they were and they are wrong about the judgment because God has already judged the ruler of this world. Continue, Reverend Stevenson. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me again, see me and again. A little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. I'm going to read 17 through 19, and, Jesus, and Reverend Stevens is going to pick back up where Jesus comes back in. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us a little while, and ye shall not see me? And again, and again, and a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father, they said, Therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, we cannot tell what he said. Now, Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Reverend Stevenson, Do ye inquire among to you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy? A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish or joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now, the pen verse 24, double underline this one. Listen to Jesus, what he says about prayer. Hereto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Let me read that one in the contemporary English version. Verse 24. You have not asked for anything this way before. But now you must ask in my name. Amen. Amen. Keep going, Reverend Steve. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you, that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I come out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world, and go to the Father. Amen. So now we introduce the fact that Jesus has a formula mm -hmm. 
for prayer. We're going to go throughout the pages of the Bible and be sure that we know how to pray. Because really, there is no reason why any believer, even including our brand new baptismal candidates, mm -hmm. should not know how to pray. What if all of the preachers turned their phones off? Due to the bad weather, you can't reach a deacon. And you need to get in touch with God right away. We all must know how to pray. Amen. Now, they're in your books. The questions is, and we'll look through these questions. Questions won't take us a long time uh, tonight. So I want to kind of really get as much reading as we can. And we're going to be close to 830, no problem. What did Jesus say? would happen if a believer, parenthetically right on your notes, a Christian, a believer and a Christian, mm -hmm. same thing, would ask or pray. I want to give you a little illustration. Don't look at anybody. Don't go call auntie or your uncle. Have you ever heard someone say, I said a prayer for you? I said a prayer. I said a prayer for you. Well, a prayer is not an Easter speech. A prayer is not something we remember and we put out there. It's not a poem. If my daughter came to me, dear father, I love you. Hold on, dad. I can't read my notes. Oh, and I would like to borrow $10 how am I going to receive that? Prayer is an action. It is a verb. It is us talking, communicating to God. And I guarantee you, God wants you to speak to him straight from your heart. A prayer, God will not make it so hard that a little eight-year-old would have to look in his Baptist hymnal to find the words to say to God. Well. We're able to speak to God just as we are. So I want you to know that a prayer, or to pray, is a verb, it's an action. It is us asking God. Now, question number one, so we can get the answer. What did Jesus say would happen if a believer would pray Speak to him from his heart, her heart, to the Father for something in his name, according to St. John 16, 24. Ye shall receive it if you ask. How, 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 how must I ask? In his, in his name. What does that mean in his name? Believing that Jesus is Christ. Yes. Recognizing Jesus. One of the things I heard Reverend Williams say, quite often, and he's been saying it for a long time. Always respect the position. Say amen, somebody. Amen. There's power there. How many of us have children? Any, anybody ever had a child come to the daddy? Uh, Deacon Wooten, your daughter, ever came back in the day? Daddy, can I have the car? First thing you probably said, did you speak with your mother? You can't pull one on God. God is not going to give us anything without recognizing his son. Say amen. amen. So Jesus says, listen, now you go, you talk to God, talk to God, but make sure you give me reverence, respect. So the answer to number one, ye shall receive it, that your joy may be full. Full means complete. But I think the real important part to question number one is in the question. What did Jesus say would happen if a believer would ask the Father something in his name? Question number two, after we go to St. John chapter 9, Reverend Knight, 
go there. We'll read St. John chapter 9. Let us give us a moment to get there. Simple lesson, but I guarantee you we're going to be blessed. Now, St. John chapter 9 has 41 verses, and I would ask Reverend Knight to read a portion, and I'm going to ask him to give his narrator voice and move through somewhat expeditiously, because we have 41 verses, and we'll come back and highlight some of those verses. Everybody have it? Amen. St. John chapter 9. Verse 1, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that hath sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he hath thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is, to be in, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. <laughs> therefore said they unto him, How were thy eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. They brought, they brought to the Pharisees him that afore was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, he put clay upon my eyes, and I washed, and I do see. Therefore said, said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, he can, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What saith thou of him? that he had opened thine eyes. And he said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, is this your son, who ye, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind and now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore, would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. 
We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Wherein is a marvelous, why, why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet hath opened my eyes. Verse 31 is where we want to pin, and we'll conclude with this verse, Reverend Knight, verse 31. Amen. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and, and, doth, and doeth his will, he will hear it. I want us to be careful. I want us to hold up for a second. Because if th how many of us have Bibles where Jesus is speaking and the words are in red? So now we want to be careful because oftentimes we quote this verse and we get a lot of debate. Does God hear sinners prayer? This is not Jesus speaking. Say amen, somebody. So the question is, what do we learn? What is the lesson learned? Because what Jesus does not do is rebuke this statement. For some reason, the Holy Spirit allows verse 31 to come forth. So we believe, scholars believe, that there's a lesson learned here. These fellas say, we know this. Now, they did know Moses. And if we had time, there are a whole lot of scriptures in the Old Testament that we can run, and there are many prayers that were not heard. So, Brother Carrier, we're under the belief that these folk are on to something. So the question comes, what is the lesson we are to learn as it relates to the type of person or persons we ought to be, if these fellows are right, and I would argue that they are right on this one, if we, are, if we expect God to hear and answer our prayers according to St. John, 31st verse, B clause. Worshippers, the people were convinced that if a man was a worshiper and did God's will. Now, how many times have you had people at the space table tell my Lord have mercy? A worshiper? <laughs> And do it his will. Prayer is not a spare tie. It's not a magic portion. We just live any kind of way. And then all of a sudden pray for me preacher. Hold it up. Prayer don't work like that. You have to agree with me here. Prayer is something that's divine. And it requires a prerequisite. And the prerequisite is a life that is acceptable unto God, at least a desire to live right. You be, I just see folk get folk who never been church. Reb, come here, Reb. Pray for me. Give me a quick one now. I gotta go. And if we're not careful, we'll we'll lead them to continue to believe that this activity called prayer. Is some type of magic portion. Valencia and Amber, my daughters, they're the only two some people, two, two people that can come and ask me daddy-daughter things. Can't, you can't fake it. You can't just duplicate what they say. Y'all get where I'm going? We are God's children. Prayer is something specific that God has given us to go before him and request things. Do we have a record of Jesus praying for his disciples? In the 17th chapter, just turn your Bibles there very quickly. We're not going to read that. Now, this prayer, this prayer is a powerful tool to encourage us. The 17th chapter of St. John. 17th chapter of St. John. Reverend Mr. Miller, he snuck in. He got his suit on, so I don't know. He might have been working, but we're going to put him to work. Come on up, Mr. Miller. Uh, and Reverend Allen's getting ready. 17th chapter of of uh, St. John, nine verses. We'll get the first nine verses. St. John, 17th chapter. You want to know this chapter is in the Bible. You, you just want to know this chapter is in the Bible because Jesus is praying for us. 
These words speak Jesus and lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify the Son that the Son is also may be glorified thee. And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is the eternal life that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth, and I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with thy glory, which I have, which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou givest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out, of, out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. Say that again. I pray for them. Everybody say that. I pray for them. Jesus himself. Go ahead, sir. I pray not for the world. <laughs> I pray not for the world. Don't, I, now this is hard. Don't give the meat to the dog. This is what I have to say to the world. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Well, just, well, just pray for me, man. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Well, can you just give me a quick prayer? I pray for them. Prayer requires too much energy. Prayer is too sincere. You get in the house, I'll pray for you. I know that's heavy, y'all. But when we, I want us, to, the, purpose, the purpose here is to understand how powerful and how special this thing called prayer is. Finish that verse. But for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Amen. Now, thank you, sir. And you can come on up here with us. Amen. <laughs> Do we have record of Jesus praying for the disciples? Now, there's some notes. I don't think you have an A, B, C, D, do you? You do? Okay. A, he did not ask God to remove them from the world, but do what according to verse 15? Give me some synonyms for evil and write them down. What's evil? Wickedness. Sin. Immorality. Brother Brown, Brother Kemp, all you rattlers, I have a daughter in Tallahassee. I, I'm all right with that. But Brown said, you better be. But I do pray that, uh, uh, son, look at me like, you, you're a rattler too, aren't you? Oh, there's a wildcat, okay. I do pray that God keeps her from evil. I have a daughter in Jacksonville as well. Sin and wickedness. Because they are quick to tell me, Sister Dunham, Daddy, we all right. But I know differently. I know that the devil is hovering around them. And Sister Fairpot and myself, we can't be in West Palm Beach in Jacksonville and Tallahassee. But I can pray. I can pray. And prayer is more powerful than me being there. Now, y'all don't believe that. Yeah. If it works for Jesus. Yeah. Now, the B part, the B, the B part of uh, 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 question number three, do you think that there is a pattern here for us as we pray for those we love in some situation? Now, I'm going to write this down. I want you to write this down. Verse eight, 
add to the formula because sometimes we get some hard equations. Anybody ever took college math and college algebra? Trig, some things are hard. And you have to know some extra parts to the formula. Look at Jesus' Jesus's prayer. The, the B part of this question, verse 8, if you, can know, if you can find a place to write this down, recognize God as Father. Well, that, that, that's first of all. Then, then verse 8. Be able to say, we have given them the word. Don't miss that. When Jesus prayed, First thing he says to God, Sister Davis, I have given them the word. You can't pray for a daughter or a son to not text and drive if you haven't specifically told them don't text and drive. I'm trying to stay light here. You can't expect your daughter to be a virgin if you haven't showed her in scripture. I wish I had just a little. Be able to say, God, they're in your hands because I have given them your word. Prayer is not a magic formula. There are some things we have to do. Proverbs, we like to quote Proverbs, teach them. And when they're old, they will not depart from them. The scripture is never wrong. So when I see children who grew up in the church doing things they ought not, they're not departing from something. They were never attached to it. Somebody looking at me funny, but be careful. The, the covenant says we agree to take part in family and secret devotion at home. Now, and, and so what does it got to do with prayer? Because when we pray, prayer is the lock and key, the confirmation, the blessed assurance, because we've already planted the seed. Now watch Jesus' prayer. Not only does he recognize the Father, not only is he able to say in verse 8 that I've told them, but look at verse 9. Be specific, or rather be specific, as to who you are praying for, especially when it relates to salvation. Sister uh, Pam, my daughter, left my house and drove to Jacksonville, uh, Dean Cooper, to see her sister. And Sister Philpott, we sitting there praying for her get there safe. To find out, Sister Sutton, that when she got to Jacksonville, she decided to take another friend with her. No prayers in that car for that other child. Now, don't stay spiritual with me. No prayers. Be specific. And how many of y'all have learned, like me, you can't save the whole world? Christ is expecting us to spend our energy, our effort on those that he has given us stewardship over. That's why the pastor prays for all of his sheep. Can I be honest? I've been here since June 10th. I have not prayed one prayer for the members of Mount Olive yet. Because it's not my responsibility. He says, pray for those that he has given you. I'd hate for me to be praying for another church and then the church that God has given me in trouble. And I say that to say this. I'd hate to be praying. I hate for the members to be praying for somebody else's child. And the child that God has given you, that's heavy, but it's still, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Watch Jesus, watch Jesus, watch Jesus. Um, verse, that was verse 11? Verse, that was verse 9. Look at verse 11. 
Verse 11 simply tells me that when I pray, put them in the hands of who? The Father. Grandmama used to say, put them in the hands of the Lord. Jesus says, I'm going to put them in your hands. Keep going. Let's follow this, 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 this prayer that Jesus prays. Verse 15. Keep them, Jesus says, keep them from evil. Now watch this. The word from is a preposition used to indicate the source or beginning of something. Keep my children, keep my members, keep the ministry that you've made me overseer of. Distance from the source of evil. Old Testament teaches us a lesson, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. Y'all back in the day, I, how many of us, how many of you all are 30 and under, 35 and under? I remember the old folks used to just have a fit at just, not old folks, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, they would have a fit if you just Look like something wrong? Don't be looking at that boy like that. What's wrong? Keep them from even the origin of evil. Keep them from. And that's why we old folks have this serious problem with some of the music and some of the things that are on television because it is the source of evil. And you can't stop them in your flesh. You have to pray. Amen. Jesus prayed. Because now, now I wish we had just a little bit more time. As much as Jesus prayed this prayer for his disciples, and we're going to learn this, we're going to discuss this later on, how many of you all know the devil is still on his mission? There's a spiritual war going on. And we can't fight the devil with Uzis and switchblades. We have to learn how to use this tool called prayer. That was verse 15. Verse 17, not only recognize God, not only be able to say to God that I have given them your word, looking at Jesus' prayer, not only are you specific in your prayers, not only are you prepared to put them in God's care, not only are you ready to ask God to keep them from the origin, the beginning of evil, but then in verse 17, he says, sanctify. I've learned that the early years we were able to chastise our children. But we can't beat, I mean, chastise them <laughs> in that manner anymore but I can pray and my prayer is to sanctify them what does sanctify mean purify them separate them from sin verse 19 Jesus' prayer now watch this read 19 somebody as much as I'm asking God to sanctify the members of New Bethlehem Sanctify my children. I got to sanctify myself. It's in there, right? Prayer ain't no joke, y'all. Prayer is no magic formula. Prayer requires a lifestyle that is acceptable to God. Prayer ain't no throwing no dice. Prayer ain't no flipping no coin. Prayer requires holy living. Think about it. How and when do you reward your children? When they do what you've told them to do, they can get the world. The world. And that's what God is saying to us. And that's what I want us to understand about that. Ask me anything. You can't come ask me anything living in a kind of way. Now, if you living right, Oh, baby, 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 you want to go to New York? You can go. You want to spring break? Go. Daddy will find the money because you are doing what daddy and mama told 
you to do. Prayer. Prayer is a powerful tool. When we put all of the pieces in there. I, and I'm telling you something about the word of God. It's, it, it scares me to the sense that there are times that I'm just not going to bother God on some issues. I ain't going to ask God. I'm not going to ask God to straighten Brother Knight for me, and I've been treating Brother Knight like a dog. I'm just embarrassed. I'm just embarrassed. Lord, straighten Sister Fear Park. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even pick up the pen she dropped yesterday. Sanctify her as you sanctify me as I sanctify myself. Learning how to pray. We're almost done. We're almost done. Uh, that was verse 19. Verse 24. And Jesus just prayed, desire your loved ones to be in heaven one day with you. Jesus says, I want you to bring them here with me. That's what this is all about. I want, don't we want our loved ones to be in heaven? 26th verse, be able to declare to God that you have declared to him your loved ones. Be able to say to God, I have declared that these are your children. That's what got Moses in trouble. Moses in trouble. Anytime I go to God on behalf of New Bethel, God, these are your people. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Prayer. Let's finish up here. The C part of the, ver of, the, of the third question, who else does Jesus pray for according to verse 20? Somebody read that real quick. Who else does Jesus pray for according to verse 20? I heard somebody say it. Those who shall. So that, the answer is those who shall believe. So the D part, are you now then in agreement in knowing that, that Jesus also prayed for you and me? As much as he was talking to the disciples of that day, he included us in this 17th chapter of St. John. Isn't that good news? Note, the word pray means ask. Prayer is simply you talking to God. We pray or ask God in the spirit of God. In the spirit of God. In the spirit of God. Thinking of an illustration, how many of us, if our children, you, you've shared with your children, I attend the New Bethlehem Missionary Baptist Church. That's where your mother and myself attend. My child comes to me, Daddy, can I join ABC Baptist Church down the street up the corner? Is that in my spirit? Am I really going to grant that? We can't go to God asking for Cadillacs, trues and Vogues, 20s and 24s, chains. <laughs> Y'all looking at me for saying, somebody know what that is. 2G iPads, cell phones, we already got one that we can't afford. People go to car lots. Can't afford it. I prayed, I prayed, I asked God for it. Were you in God's will? The same God that says be a steward, be a good steward. That car lot gonna cause you to not be able to pay your tithe, be late on your rent and mortgage. Ask in God's will. The only way we know God's will is that we know God's word. A lot of times we're asking God things and God is looking at us like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you want a new what? You ain't tired in five, I'm not talking to y'all, I'm just talking. In five years and you want to add to your debt? And we leave there talking about, I don't know what God told me. I tell you in the book of Revelation, God has no new revelation. He told John to close the book. Don't ever let a person tell you, I got a new thing. I'm scared of a person like that. Because that will dismiss the pages of the Bible. God is not the author of confusion. I know I ain't supposed to preach. I'm supposed to be teaching right now. But don't mix up prayer and think that prayer is some magical portion. 
get God to do what you want him to do. God is about us being about his will. Number four, give me one good reason why we should be technical in our prayers at some point and make sure we recognize Christ, ask God for whatever it is we're asking for in the spirit of God, in Jesus' name. There's the formula, act in the spirit of God. Got to put that in your math equation, prayer equation. Ask and reverence and have faith in Jesus, according to St. John 14, 14 uh, and 15. Why, why? Why should we do this? Here's a hint. It's a uh, four, six, nine-letter word. Starts with an O. The second letter is B. Somebody else say that. Now listen. That is the hardest word. It really is. Obedience. You will find that I always use the illustration of a parent and a child. One, because y'all won't throw shoes at me. Two, because we are God's children. We act like our children. Children, I know y'all can throw them shoes at me. Children have a hard time being obedient. Have to say to a child, Daddy, everybody doing it? Well, why should I do it? Because I said so. God reserves the right to not have to explain everything to our little minute level. He reserves the right. Don't you reserve the right to your children? And when you get tired of trying to speak their language, you can fall on simply because I said so. Jesus said, pray in my name. Pray in the spirit of God. Pray things that are according to God's will. Don't ask me why. If for no other reason, do it out of obedience. So, Philip, I got two children. One of those girls would just do it. Philip, I got two children. <laughs> one of her children will do it. Sister Eagle, the other one, she wants you to send her an email, an explanation. It's got to make sense. Ma, dad tripping, dad, ma tripping. And then I really start tripping. <laughs> Simply do it out of well, we've been doing it this way. I've been praying like this, Reverend. I, I, okay. This is what Christ said. This is what he said. And prayers are being hindered because we are not obedient. What, if any, is the promise of Jesus to those who pray properly in St. John 16, 24? And we use this illustration pretty much already. St. John 16, 24, where Reverend Stevenson started off reading, Jesus says, I will give you anything. Somebody found it? Go ahead and read that again. Hear the two? I'll give it to you. If you pray with the proper formula, with the proper spirit, with the proper lifestyle, with the proper faith in my son, there's nothing you can't have. Nothing. You mean if I live right? I can take care of that bucket list. I can see anything. Anything. Let's get ready to go home. Number six, Jesus talks continuously about the procedures and prerequisites of prayer in St. John 15, 7. Two things that are important. For the effective, for effective prayer. St. John 15, 7. Somebody read that. If Two you things abide I'm... in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. One, if ye abide in me. Two, if my word abide in you. This is why Pastor Philpop would be so strong about Bible study and Sunday school and home Bible studies, group Bible studies. 
If we get God's word in us, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. With our children, the sky is the limit. I'm just, the pastor closed. He helped me. I, I've been trying to. I've been trying to add to my closing. Y'all will be hearing me say, I believe, Pastor Stevens helped me with that. I believe that God will never fail on his word. I believe that. I believe that. I thank God for my mother who brought me up in the church. I thank God that when my wife and I got married, we had the opportunity to get back in the church, to get rooted. So by the time our children showed up, all they know is God's word. And we were blessed. That, I mean, if you look at my children, you talk to them, they got attitude, they got the same. But because we had faith in God, we just done prayed them through. Amen. Just done prayed them through. I believe God's word. And God's word can reverse anything that the devil done messed up. Anything. Are you a witness, Sister Pam? You see, a son and her daughter. That was her daughter that joined Sunday, Sister Richardson. God's word can reverse anything that the devil has messed up. Who is able, or rather, who is it that Jesus prays to the Father? Who is it that Jesus prays to the Father and asks him to send to abide with us? Comforter, though, which is the Holy Spirit. We find out later in Scripture that that is the Holy Spirit. So he is here. Now, we, I, I wish we had... Somebody read 14.6. I want to make this last little point, and we've got to go. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. I, I was looking for the verse that makes reference to the Holy Spirit, and I apologize for that. Uh, there's a verse that I want us to know, make sure we know something about the Holy Spirit. We know it, but we just want to be... That's it. That's it. Um, are you on 16? Keep coming. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. This is my point. All of those verses, starting at the 16th verse. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that, circle that what? What does it say? What's the pronoun there? He. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it, the world, seeth him not. Seeth who? Him. Circle that. Neither knoweth who? Pronoun? Him. But ye knoweth him. We have to stop calling Holy Spirit, it. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is the one that gets our prayers through. And if you call me it versus pastor, I ain't taking no message. If you call me it versus Toby, okay, I'll put your message in my pocket and ball it up and God will never get it. Learn who I am. I said to Sister Dunbar, Sister Dunham, now Sister Dunham is as sweet as she can be, but Sister Dunbar don't want to be called Sister Dunham. Sister Dunbar wants to be called Sister Dunbar. Deacon Matthew don't want to be called Deacon Cooper. Sister Butler don't want to be called Sister Davis. Nothing personal. The Holy Spirit does not want to be called it. 
He is God. Say amen, somebody. Learn how to get a prayer through. God bless you. And God keep you. Is our prayer. Love that I 